welcome to Church and Other Drugs. My name is Jed, and joining me today are Tyler. May Tyler Wicks. Yeah. <laughs> Tyler Wicks and Wicks Tyler. <laughs> Wicks Tyler does sound like a cool name. Like, that is a cool name. I, I, I kind of want to name my son Wicks now. Man, I, I went into that uh, rap name gener- generator, and I was looking at things, and like it spells out your name on some of them, uh-huh. like T-Y-L-O-R, but like spell it like, you know, like it's a word, or like W-I-X, like it's, I don't uh, know, it's kind of cool. I feel you. Let me, hang on, I'm going to get on one of those websites and figure out what my name's going to be. I actually, my genius rap name, y'all ready for it? No. Now I am. Post Malaise. <laughs> that's good right is that not good yes that that works yeah, on multiple is. levels post malaise for real hey you guys want to help me pick this what, what? Pick what? Uh, well first pick introduce that. yourselves i did it for Yo, you bro. but not really hey, whatever teeth deals up in this mug i mean you know how it is i mean you just know what i'm saying you know i'm just gonna get it you know what i'm saying you know oh yo you don't get it how's that um we got we got heat deals at a depression level of six and then just... <laughs> ah, and, and the the guest of the day, mm. let us know who you are, my friend. What's up, man? I'm Tyler. Um, I'm sorry if you can't understand my accents. It's polarized. It's polarized much like this country. Uh, some people hate it, and they call me a big, dumb hick. And then some people love it and uh, are sexually aroused by it. So, you know, like you just decide sense. which side you're on, you know? Just like <laughs> like Twix. I'm, yeah, gonna, I'm, exactly. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with hatefully aroused. Does that work? Hey, I hate I you. It. I hate the way you make me feel. Making I me question it. things. Did you already say what your rap name was on on record right now, or did you did you not say that? No, mine. Yeah, he, he, yeah, yeah. Mine's post malaise. What's Tyler's? Like it gave me a list. It's a bunch of them. Um, Give me but, the, the uh, best one. Ah, uh, man, I like. There's so many of them. Like that, I th- I thought that was cool. Like the T Y L O R spelled out. But I took that, and I think it'd be an awesome band name to do T T E E double like the word, and then Y O U T W. So it's my initials. But nobody would know that. It just sounds like a trendy band name, T W. <laughs> I'm doing a I'm doing like a I'm I'm trying to figure mine out, but I can't think of the name of a criminal. Should I put Jed? Ouch, dude. We're t- we're going for the low hanging fruit. Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Sure. I think he you're on the my, same one that I, I went through. It's gonna he stole my list. heart. He stole my heart. <laughs> Something really pleasant, Jed. An adjective to describe you or your music. Shit. <laughs> We're at depression level seven. <laughs> the name <laughs> of your favorite childhood pet. My dead dog. <laughs> All right, let's see. What do we got? I, write me some... Do I want to... No, I don't want your app. Okay, please wait. These are stupid. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, one of these is awesome. Alright, read the one that's awesome. What is it? Poo man. Poop man. Poop man. That's not awesome. That's, that's hilarious. I don't know why. That's hate humor. Yeah. That's All right, the here's best. Like... You just filled out a survey to get 
poop man i could have given you that like dude i got like 30 names you, you had to here? put poop somewhere in there dude your name's all over this dude jed's is because you put my name in there yeah because you're the okay, you're the well, criminal give me some and you're good the jed, give me some good jed ones jersey jed okay i like that <laughs> Deals with a dollar sign. Dollar sign deals. Dollar sign uh, deals. Dollar sign deals. Heatha Heatha D. Dill skills. That's stupid. Oh, Jed Jed's think, one of them. Jed Jed? I think that should be your official rap name. Dollar sign deals. Dollar sign deals. But not I dollar. Do that's, that's pretty. Dollar. That's pretty dollar sign. Dollar sign deals. Japper J is a name. And Papper Philip. <laughs> or, uh, or you could do hundred dollar deals. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. HD HD Jed is one of the names. HD Jed. I'm already HD, so irrelevant. <laughs> Poop Face Heath is one of them. Poop Face Heath. <laughs> the kind of rap songs Heath Enormous D might perform. Follow the Jed. Heath Enormous, Enormous D. D. <laughs> I ain't no Jed is a is one of them. I'm still Heath from the streets. A poop state of mind. <laughs> Philip J. Fry, if you're ready, is one of them. <laughs> Philip J. Fry, if you're ready, that's the whole thing. That's that's one. So okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. You put did you top poop for your music or shit? shit. Did it change it to poop because it, it, it can't it turn it PG? Swear? <laughs> Let me change my stuff. <laughs> I put Philip J. Dookie, All Dookie. Right. Okay, we can't... Name, name a criminal. Uh, Everybody I'll... thinks of Charles Manson. That's <laughs> the first one. I'm just going to put Freemasons. Freemasons. Um, something really pleasant. Death. No, put Fabric Softener. Fabric Softener. All right, and what should I change my TV favorite TV character from? Because Philip J. Fry is not going to wear it. Um, do um do Barack Obama? <laughs> just well, yeah. Barack Obama or just Obama? Barack. They're gonna they're gonna put me as Brock. From Pokemon. Which, okay, <laughs> an adjective to describe you or your music. When do you guys pick that? Describe. Um, salvageable. Salvageable. <laughs> <Hipster> punk. <laughs> you said I go with salvageable or yeah. punk? Salvageable's hilarious. Do salvageable. <laughs> How do you spell that? Salvageable. I spelled it wrong. Alright, here's some rapper names that I got. Um, most of these are the same. Inspect a salvageable. <laughs> we big jersey, salvageable man, fabric softener, Freemason. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's a band. Yeah, that's that the is band. a band, dude. Dills frills, <laughs> Jersey Masons. That's not bad. Yeah, I like, I like fabric, fabric softener, soft, Freemasons. Soft <laughs> 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 that's not bad. You. You want to hear a funny work story? Yeah. No. So this it's it's real short, but uh, this kid uh just like always talks like about the most random shit, and he was just telling a story in group, and he was like, "Yeah, uh, I don't remember what we're talking about, like parents or money or investment or something." He was like, "Yeah, my my dad thought he was going to get rich, and he tried to invest in Yahoo, like the internet company, but." 
he accidentally invested in this chocolate milk company called Yoohoo and like lost all his money. Wait a minute. How do you lose your money on Yoohoo? I I don't know. I thought that was pretty good though. Generate a band name now. We used to have this guy, he was a group lead at my old job. And I'm not going to name his, uh, say his name. I'm going to say his name was Barry Schmeck. That's what I'm going to say his name was. But uh, dude was a group lead, and he'd like, he lied all the time, man. Like, he'd come up with these crazy stories. Like, one of them, he said, like, we was in startup meeting, and he's like, uh, somebody was talking about they went deer hunting over the weekend. And he's like, I go deer hunting with a pocket knife. And they're like, what? And he's like, yeah. He said, I climb up a tree, I jump off of it, stab him in the head. Like, he's dead serious. This is a leader. Like, he's not fooling around. Oh, and no. He told me this one time, he said, I was watching a strongman competition when I was younger. And, uh, you know, the one Lou Ferrigno used to compete on and all that stuff. And he said, they was trying to see how long they could hold out car batteries in front of them. And I just so happened to have one in the living room. No. So I picked it up. <laughs> I picked it up and held it out, and I beat every one of them. Like, <laughs> yeah, you did. I love Dang. people like that. Like I, I had, I had a friend that would just chronically lie about everything, <laughs> and like to the point of when you finally can, conf- like he forever, he was like, "I'm so good at the drums, I'm the best drummer ever." Oh man, you should let me play the drums, I'm the best drummer ever. And like to the point where we had him sitting down on a drum set finally, sticks in his hand, and then he was like, I can't really play. And we're like, we know you couldn't play, but we just had to prove it. (laughs) Just about everything. Uh, Dude. We're not not filling out online quizzes anymore, Heath. Move on. I see your eyes darting. I need you to to close your browser. We're done with it. Hang on. I just want to tell you our band name, our our, our three's band name. What? Heath's Midnight Podcasters. (laughs) (laughs) That was one of them. And then my favorite, which was um, uh, the 11 Odd Raccoon. 11 Odd Raccoon. raccoon. Yeah. That's sick. That's good. All right. Are you focused now? Did you get all your quizzes out? You've been obsessed with, with name generators and quizzes and, like, are you from the north or south? Well, Tyler, you're obviously from the south. Where are you coming from right now? I'm uh, Megan County, Tennessee, so it's northern middle, northern middle Tennessee. And he, judging by your Tennessee flag in the background, you are in Ontario, Canada? No, I'm in uh, Buffalo, New York. Nice. Buffalo. <laughs> I hear there's good pocket knife deer hunting in Buffalo. That's its <laughs> name. That the the mental image back to that the mental image of a man <laughs> leaping from a tree with like a little. I'm just imagining those little Swiss the bullshit Swiss Army knives and he's like ah, and he's just <laughs> taking down a deer. I want that to be true. I choose to you know this. This was a pretty good sized man as well, so I don't think he would need the knife if he could yeah, actually he climb just, a tree and jump up a off tree. on a deer. He'd break all four legs, like, easily. (laughs) Turn into a big ferret. (laughs) Um, yeah, so let's, let's, let's get into why I brought Tyler on the program. First, it was to save Heath from his crippling depression. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, I don't even know where to start with it, Tyler. Do you have a starting point? 
Uh, I'm a I good, guess, I'm a good host. Um, I do all the work. So if you could just figure <laughs> out the best place to start this story, interview yourself, record the file, and send it over to me, and, and that'll be good. Nice. Bad laugh track. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, last Monday was the was one year after my brother passed away. Um, he was 20 years old when he passed away, and uh, he um, he passed away from what is known as vascular EDS, uh, Ehlers-Donlers syndrome is what, that's what it was, uh, said. And, um, I, I made that, I made a post on, uh, on our, uh, private Facebook group. And, uh, I knew that really nobody would see it. And, uh, Jed, I'll be honest with you. When you asked me to come on, I, I kind of molded over a little bit, um, because, Kendall was my stepbrother, even though we, we grew up together since I was 11 and he was five. Um, he was my stepbrother, and his family is really, really super against the actual reason being out there. Hmm. Um, yeah, so, but I have, since day one, I'm totally, totally anti that because I believe my brother would want someone else to know. It, right. You know, maybe... Maybe somebody's out there right now that needs to know what actually happened. Right. So, um, yeah, and, I, I uh, definitely agree with that line of thinking. That's kind of our whole thing with the podcast. It's like, yeah, suppressing the truth never really helps anyone. Did they make up some kind of story about it or something? No, they they just because he did have vascular EDS. Um, it just wasn't the only contributing factor. Um, it's kind of. Um, yeah, I'll just I'll tell the story and I like only know how to I guess start from the beginning. Yeah. Um so when I was eleven, my mom married my stepdad and my stepdad had a five year old son. Uh his name was Kendall. And uh we moved we moved towns, so I was in a new school, didn't really have any friends, and uh, I was of, an only child what until kind of, I was sorry, what, go ahead. I'm sorry. What was your what was your family like? What kind of family home did you grow up in like so are we talking super christian are we talking uh yeah yeah i guess we can go all the way back um my um, <clears throat> briefly but uh my my dad wasn't ever around he they um my mom and dad got divorced when i was three mm. my dad uh has struggled with meth pretty much his whole life and um he uh so he wasn't in the picture much and uh, my mom they kind of went opposite ways they were pretty pretty close pretty similar whenever they were dating and they were married um and then they went opposite ways dad ran further into drugs and my mom ran further into church which is kind of cool they both (laughs) kind of were experimenting or just kind of you know weekend warrior stuff and then dad went heavy into it and mom went the opposite direction yeah see mom mom was raised in the church and she was just kind of you know but uh is meth that kind of escaped oh yeah definitely yeah yeah, definitely. there's that's a whole other episode. We, there's all kinds of stories <laughs> from uh, just community stories there, but uh, um, they kind of escaped in their own things. And so my mom brought me up Pentecostal, and yeah, uh, yeah no, nah, I'm, I'm a Baptist now, back row Baptist. But uh, <laughs> um, so she she was very very devout and. Um, she uh dated a little bit but you know was was very very she was she's holiness um i don't know if you're familiar with that 
she wore dresses all the time. You know, uh, she couldn't. No she didn't dancing. wear pants. Yeah, no didn't jewelry. wear makeup. No jewelry. Yep. And uh, so she uh, she eventually, when I was eleven, um, married my stepdad. And uh, I'd always wanted a little brother. Um, I was the only child until then. And so moved to this new school. I didn't really really even had have any friends. So Kendall was like my best friend. He was like my only friend, you know. And uh, like uh, we hung out. He would my stepdad would get him every other weekend, and we'd play video games. We'd ride bikes, all the typical kid stuff. We were really close. And um, when I got older, uh, in high school and stuff, I was busy with school and uh, just I don't know whatever I wanted to do. I was in a few bands and chasing around chasing girls and stuff and um just doing my thing we kind of drifted apart and he had uh like once a once a kid gets a certain age i guess they can choose if they want to go or i don't know how that whole thing works but there'd be a lot of a lot of weekends he just didn't want to come over uh he'd you know want to stay with his mom what's the age gap between y'all six years okay yeah so um uh, the, uh, like we, we kind of drifted apart. I didn't seem as much whenever I was older Then I go to college, then get married, move away. And I didn't really see my family that much period. Um, so, uh, kind of sucks that we were kind of, we kind of drifted apart and we didn't see each other a lot, but, uh, we talked every once in a while and my brother had, um, I mean, he he was definitely escaping in his own way. I think he had a whole lot of burdens um, that maybe a lot of people didn't know about. And he had this thing, like this this vascular EDS is something that you have from birth. Uh, and it's what it does is it, it cripples your internal organs. It weakens them, makes them really fragile. And um, he had had that since birth. So whether it was a gradual increase or a worsening thing. I don't know. I, I'm not very familiar with the, with the uh, condition, but he did have it. So he's like, he was likely in some pain, you know, that, that he probably just thought was normal. Right. Um, and so he, he smoked weed. Um, he, uh, had some friends. He got into trouble a couple of times with it, but, uh, not too much. Um, and, uh, I'm very, did your mom freak out at that? Was that like a huge deal? It was a huge deal. It was. And um, so my, my mom was his stepmom. And uh, okay. I I think, um, you know, I know that his mom was against it as well. But my mom was, was totally against it. My mom was always, she was wanting him to go to church with her and all this stuff. And um, the, uh, like, it just it was this, it was this big deal. It was. And, uh, I either wasn't, I I wasn't involved for a while. You know, I didn't, didn't really say anything about it. She would tell me about it. And, um, I, uh, when I got older, I was, I was a 20, see, yeah. 22 year old divorcee, something like that. Oh, wow. (laughs) Me and my ex-wife. Yeah. Me and my ex-wife were married for three years. We got married at 19. Uh, so, <laughs> um, That's early. we got divorced. Yeah. Was it, was it one of those, um, like 
we're Christians and we want to have sex, so let's get married. I can only speak for myself. <laughs> and I'm and I'm putting that but, bluntly, but like that is a phenomenon. I can only speak for myself, but absolutely. Uh, my ex-wife was very very devout um, Christian girl. She she didn't want to. She, she made this herself. Uh, she had this list. She didn't want to date until she was eighteen. Um, she wanted her first kiss to be on her wedding day. Oh um, and goodness. she had, yeah, yeah. So when she tells me that in my mind, I'm thinking that is ridiculous. Yeah. What I said was <laughs> that is beautiful. Is oh, what I told no. So I'm conflicted the entire time. Yeah. That's like I said, that's a whole other story as well. But we found out we were two different people. Um, and, uh, but we, we, we did the whole thing. We, we didn't kiss until their wedding day. I kissed her on the cheek, but that was it. And, oh, so for uh, the, you may now yeah. kiss the bride, you kissed her on the cheek? No, 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 no. Oh, on her wedding day, oh, that was our okay. first actual kiss. I was like, kiss. oh, man. <laughs> but, um, we, uh, yeah, we, we got divorced and I moved back in with my parents. Um, did, did we, the, you know, did we lose heat? I think so a lot oh okay. you're good okay so all right so you move back in mm-hmm. you get divorced at 22 uh yep. moving back in with parents yeah and uh i saw him more often then because he would come come by and, and see us and his i had suspicions that his drug problem had like i don't think marijuana is a drug problem I'll, let me just say that sure I had suspicions that he had developed a drug problem with something else, with actual drugs. And um, I, he come over one time, and uh, I was about to go to town. And when I, when we say go to town, we my parents lived in Red Bull and Springs, which is like population, I don't know, three hundred or something. <laughs> it's a small town, and it's probably more than that. I'm just bad with numbers. <laughs> but the next town over has a Walmart, so <laughs> when. <laughs> When I would say, I'm going to go to town, I was going to Lafayette, which is where I live now, to Walmart. Oh, oh my stars at Walmart. <laughs> I know, right? So uh, I was like, hey, I'm about to go to town. You want to ride with me? He's like, yeah. And uh, on the way, he fell asleep. Just like I was mm. talking to him, falls asleep. And I'm like, well, he's either really tired or, you know. And so, which it's not normal for him either, but we – Get to um, Lafayette and pull in a parking lot, and then he opens the door and immediately just gets sick, right? Everywhere. And it was like we were parked beside this Mustang, and it got all over the Mustang. And I'm oh, like, no. Dude, I hope we're done by the time that dude comes out. <laughs> you know? And um, so, like, he then gets like, goes in there and gets all this stuff like all these snacks like he got races and all this stuff and i'm like this is abnormal behavior like he just got sick and i'm thinking okay my brother's sick and then he immediately goes and gets all this food like unbelievable amount of food he had the and, uh, yeah but what would explain the nauseous because marijuana yeah, no, I'm, I'm, has I the just, opposite effect yeah i was just kidding <laughs> about the munchies it sounds like pain pills if i had to guess i got you so I had suspicions um, at that point, and uh, I I kind of mentioned it to 
to uh, my stepdad and stuff. And uh, I had some of my friends had seen him at parties going back to the room where people normally go back to get messed up. And I was like, that sucks, you know. And uh, I kind of kept that to myself because I didn't want to inspire a lot of controversy that didn't need to be. Sure. And uh, as as like a proper Southern gentleman, <laughs> yeah. for real. I mean, that's like the you know to 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 quote a uh, current language. That's toxic Southernity, I guess you could say. Like, for <laughs> real. <laughs> so, uh, um. Was uh, I was actually, and this was fast forward a few years. I'd moved out, and I'm in my apartment now. Um, so last year, I was, um, I had performed at a wedding, and dude, <laughs> the groom throws this huge party after the reception. It was this huge party. Like, dude's a helicopter pilot, and it's like open bar at his house and everything. And I'm like, yeah. So we go all the way, and it was like way down in the boonies where he lived. And so I followed somebody there and I'm there. Everybody's having a good time and get the phone call that my brother had been hospitalized. And, uh, I was like one, I was somewhere that I didn't know where I was. I was way back in the boondocks. I would need to follow somebody out of there. And two, I didn't need to be driving at that point. Right. (laughs) Um, and whenever my mom called, um, she and she, still to this day, she, I, I've never told her um, that I had been drinking that night. But she's like, um, you know, are you going to come? And I was like, well, I'd have to follow somebody. I didn't tell her, you know, the main reason I didn't want to go is I didn't need to be driving. Right. And uh, so if she listens to this, I'm sorry, mom. <laughs> but uh, um. <laughs> <laughs> I've, had to, I've had to say that plenty she's of times. listening she yeah. is listening i doubt i doubt she's I'd, listening well i'm, I'm gonna send, i'm gonna send her a link so she'll listen <laughs> yeah just no okay just, she's gonna I hear this you need to hear this <laughs> just send it there. um so oh, i didn't make it out that people. night um and uh he i don't know if it was the next day or how soon it was. Um, and that might've been a Sunday and I might've went back to work. I can't remember, but I know he, he went into a coma fairly quickly. Um, and, uh, so the whole time he was in a coma, I was like, I mean, you know, I just, one, one thing that I do is I just, if, if it's not something that I know I need to deal with, I'm going to compartmentalize it and just deal with it later. Uh, that's, that's my dad and that's exactly what he can do that's what he did with my addiction and that's my mom could never understand it so i totally get that point of view yeah yeah uh, nothing i can do about it so we're just gonna box that up and i will deal with that when it comes yep and uh so i mean that's exactly i I was like there's nothing to do you know I, i prayed for him but that's all i felt like i could do what were you thinking uh, or is that all you were thinking that's all i was thinking i I, my mom um, has quite a bit of anxiety and that kind of carried down to me. And so I've kind of learned to deal with that by just not thinking about it. Like, because that's 90% of what it is, is just you dwelling on something. Uh, yeah. I was and about so to I, say, you, you do not strike me as the anxious type. 
perhaps it <laughs> yeah. is your genteel speech and uh <laughs> amen <laughs> but uh yeah i i was uh i I've, I've kind of learned to deal with it that way just just don't think about it you know put it in the back of your head and um i wish i could do that yeah um so <laughs> I, I didn't you know and uh i went to work i was trying to get a group lead position at the time and right in the middle of all this i got the group lead position what do you do and uh, I now I'm a welder at Lockenvar, but at the time I was a group lead at Dorman Products, um, so it's an auto parts distribution center. Cool, uh, I, I drive a car. <laughs> yeah, Clint. I've seen it. So yeah, yeah, he, he'd seen it. It exists. Yeah. <laughs> so we're very similar Amen. in that case. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we all pretty much have the same job, as far as we know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Um, I was very focused on, on work and, and getting that position. I was interviewing and stuff and, uh, I'm kind of a pretty goal driven person at this point in my life and, uh, have my mindset on that spot. And, um, and so you, I was, were you my just, mentality was, yeah, were you, and I'm sorry to keep busting in there, but it's what I gotta do. Um, yeah. I'm sure you were just thinking, Oh, he's just in the hospital. People go to the hospital. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I thought he was going to get better and, yeah. you know, we'd all just go back to normal. Yeah. And, uh, so I got a phone call one day he had, he did wake up out of a coma one day. And when he woke up out of the coma, I didn't know it was going to be one day. And I thought, Oh, okay, here we go. He's getting better. He's recovering. And here we go. And then the next day he went back in and he, he never came back out. Um, he passed away on October first um and uh it sucked and uh i didn't know the details i guess i had suspicions whenever i first found out because this is what this is what i was told i get a phone call and keep in mind this is like second third hand information mm-hmm. uh, that i'm getting because it's my mom after you know this person talks to this person so what i get is kendall has been put in the hospital he fell on a vacuum cleaner and he has a punctured lung, a hole in his stomach, and a hole in his intestines. And I said, nobody's ever fell on a vacuum cleaner. I said, did he jump off the roof yeah. onto the vacuum cleaner? You know, that's yeah. not, that's crazy. And so I was like, my first thought was, did he get in trouble? Did he get in a fight with somebody? And they just don't want to talk about it, you yeah, know? Yeah, that's, that's like a mauling injury or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> And, um, I'm like, that just don't add up. And then they said that he had, that he was diagnosed at that point with vascular EDS. And I looked it up. So he didn't even know his whole life, his whole life had no idea that he had that. Nobody knew. And they, they, it's one of those things. Um, there's a lot of things they call silent killers, Mm -hmm. um, that you can go your whole life not knowing that you have until it's too late. Well, now, thanks. Great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, great. I've got three of them now. I know. I know. I'm sure I've got five out of six. I'm positive. I actually do worry about that a lot. Of course I do. I worry about that all the time. And that's because I spent 15 years of my life shooting up God knows what into my arms. Like, I'm very I ate terrified. A lot of, I ate a lot of bad food, so I'm sure something's going to get me. <laughs> You have hot Cheeto-itis. It's the silent killer. 
Just like that little Zans guy. <laughs> yeah. You know those of us who uh, enjoy eating at Waffle House often, we worry. <laughs> that's the gateway to heaven. Don't act like it's not. <laughs> I, I said I I love it. Quick yeah. side note on Lil Xan and Flamin' Hot Cheetos. I made fun of them when I heard that article, and then I was eating Flaming Hot Cheetos the other day, and, and it must s- it must have sat right on like my esophagus or vocal cord or something, but it's just <laughs> searing pain, and I was like, oh my god, it's because I made fun of them. I'm gonna have to be hospitalized. Like tears were coming. I thought I was gonna die. So, dude, one of the guys one of the guys posted that that article, and then. The, I was eating Cheetos when I got the notification that someone posted something. <laughs> if you saw the picture, if you saw the article, you see the first comments: "Me with a bag that says shit." <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, nice. uh, so yeah, so back to the sorry, <laughs> yeah, that was the worst. So, I mean, anyway, what, no, no, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's conversation, man. Um, so. I find out that he got that diagnosis. I look it up and I'm like, well, that makes sense if he fell on a vacuum cleaner and his internal organs are weakened and, you know, uh, compromised by this syndrome, then that would make a little more sense. Um, what does it do exactly? Did you already explain that? And sorry if you did it. No, I don't think I, I think I did a little bit, but, um, it weakens your internal organs. And this is what this was, what I was told came from the doctor because they were trying to do surgeries on him. They were trying to fix him, patch up the holes. And he, he told them, he said, we're trying, but you got to understand with his condition. It's like if you dip paper in water and then try to sew it together, it's just going to fall apart. Holy. So yes, excruciating. It sounds excruciating. sounds terrible. Horror, Horror story. Um, and, uh, so when I found out this information, it, it made more sense. Um, and, uh, but I got the phone call that, what made more uh, sense that if he fell on a vacuum cleaner, it could could do that kind of damage. So, uh, got a phone call. It was on a Sunday and I had just come home from church. And uh, they said that Kendall probably wasn't going to make it much longer. And they were calling the family in. And so I drop everything and I head up to um, to Nashville. And uh, so I'm, this is, this is, and I'm telling my perspective a little bit, but this is my perspective. I'm, I'm driving out and, and especially at this point in time, I am in a, very unique point in my life where I'm almost at a existence is meaningless type mentality. Whoa. Like with God and everything. Yeah. I was really questioning some things and, um, uh, I'm driving up there and, uh, talked to God for the first time in a while. And I was like, you know, I, you know, I, I know that cause so much of my life, with dealing with my dad, dealing with my divorce and different parts of my divorce, uh, me and my ex-wife had a miscarriage. Hmm. Dealing with a lot of different things has kind of taught me that maybe God's going to answer your prayer, maybe he's not. Hmm. That's just my experience. And at this point in time, I didn't know how to rationalize that. I didn't know how to figure that out. Um, I'm in a place now where I'm like, shit happens, and God is there to help us deal with the shit. 
I don't think that God is a puppeteer controlling all the hurricanes and all the tornadoes. You know, I think that he spun the earth on its axis. Tornadoes happen. Hurricanes happen. Brothers die, you know. And um, it's it's just kind of the way I've learned to deal with things and learn to figure things out, I guess. Um, and, you know, I mean, you know as well as I do, spirituality and stuff it changes we we get older we deal we learn and uh but at this point in time i was i was in a very almost an agnostic state and uh i'm talking to god and i'm like you know i know i know you're just going to do what you want to do but if if you will please i don't know if you can let him hold on until i get there but at least let him hear what i'm saying right now like that's you know, a, that's like, a heavy presupposition too. I know you're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. That's pretty like, yeah. 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 So, uh, so I just, I started talking to him and I started telling him everything that I wish I'd have told him, you know, when he was alive and, um, which he, he hadn't died at this point, but when yeah. I, when I had the chance in and, the car, um, you were, you were saying that? Yeah. Yeah. I was oh, driving okay. up to you. Nashville. And I was wow. just, I was saying, God, just let him hear this if you can. And, um, so I get there and he was, he was in there. Like they, they brought us back to the room two at a time. And, uh, the only thing that was really keeping him alive was all the machines. And when I saw this, this was the first time I'd went to the hospital. I didn't see my brother. You know, I, I saw a shell what I saw, I feel like his existence had already left and went somewhere else. And I felt like what was there was the machines moving, you know, his yeah. empty vessel. That's just, that's what I saw. And I, I grabbed his hand. It was cold and lifeless. Um, it just, it, it hit, you know, and, um, it was about an hour or two, I guess, um, later is when he, when he died. Uh, but it was after, after he passed right around the time of the funeral, someone was saying, um, there was this rumor at this point that he had drank diesel gas with a friend that he was experimenting, trying to see what would get him high. And he had drank diesel gas. And I I guess the friend just, it probably hurt like shit. I'm sure yeah <laughs> gas hurts anyway and so um, i guess he probably got a either got sick or got a bad case of diarrhea and my brother with the condition that he had it just went through his internal organs so God. he didn't fall on a vacuum cleaner he drank diesel gas and um this was it's it's a very comp- controversial thing because i, I respect I respect his family, his mom and his aunt. I love them a lot, and I think a lot of them, and uh, and some of his extended family, I'm I'm even closer to. But at the same time, like they they really want to preserve his memory. They don't want him to be remembered for that. Yeah. But I think that he would want it to be known. What if there's a kid out there right now that's thinking about doing the same thing? Well, and it's, or you know, <clears throat> yeah, we. I had, 
I had a friend. We all had a friend growing up, and it, when he died, he was twenty seven, and his his little brother he was twenty seven, and it's like we all knew better, but he was huffing Freon, and mm. um, and his him and his friend and his little brother they were all huffing Freon. His little brother uh, went inside. They were in the garage. Came back out, and and he was dead. Our friend was dead just from huffing oh, Freon. Yeah. So yeah, and it, it's like. Yeah, that sucks. Like, and it's, I think part of the reason people cover stuff like that up is is still because everything's so stigmatized. And like you're saying, you don't want to ruin their memory. But it's like obvious. It's it's a mistake. It is it is an yeah. absolute absolute horrible accident. And I mean, that's just overdoses in general, and especially like all the <coughs> excuse me, all the celebrity overdoses. Um, yeah. Lately, it's there's been a mix of like, well, it's you know, it's your fault for doing drugs. It's like, well, they didn't mean to die. Like, you know, you can say the same thing. Yep. You know, you you shouldn't you shouldn't have taken that sip of Budweiser if you get in a car wreck. Like, that's your fault. I mean, it's like it is, but come on, dude. We everybody does something every day that could potentially kill them. Nobody's yeah. tr- nobody's trying to die. Don't. Mm-hmm. And that's what keeps people from even trying to get help too. It's because, you know, it's just so hush-hush and, and so quiet. Yeah. So much shame involved. Yeah. So what did you think when you heard that? Uh, it didn't surprise me, I guess, because I had the suspicions. Um, especially at first, not like uh, things weren't lining up. And then kind of knowing what I knew that my friends had seen him at parties, um, with with the group that goes in the back room and you know gets high and uh like i i i didn't i didn't defend him with his his marijuana use but he knew i knew like he on snapchat and stuff totally knew and i never i never said anything which i mean i've come along come a long way in a few years like with a lot of different things with being so deep like deconstructing what i all my pentecostal stuff because me and my ex-wife were very involved in the church and um now five years later gosh i guess five years yeah i've i've come quite a long way in in five years and uh so then i didn't even want to stand up on stand up about issues like that um, and what, what really sucks is I almost wonder if, because there was such a guilt vibe with, with his marijuana use, if, cause I know that I, you know, I've been there with, with not with drugs, but with other things and like, or if I'm already, you know, if people already see me as a piece of shit, then why, you know, why yeah. not? You know, it's yeah, not going to make it's anything the old, worse. It's the old, if I'd rather, uh, uh, make hell by a mile than, than a miss heaven by an inch sort of mentality. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Which is, which is, <clears throat> which is tough, man. It totally is. Yeah. And, and, and so, and, and I'm sure you've, I mean, I guess you're talking about feeling some retroactive guilt. Like maybe if, um, if there wasn't such, well, I don't know. Well, what, where were you going with that? Cause I don't want to make the assumption for you. No, I just, um, if maybe if he could have just stuck to just weed and it wouldn't have been such yeah. a big deal, then he would have been okay. Yeah. If did anybody, anybody that, that he respected or anybody that he 
knew cared about him because I know you know his friends. I don't care for really any of his friends, but did anybody that he really cared about say, you know what, it's all right, you know, it's okay, you know, it's it is what it is. Like that's, I don't know if anybody ever did that because I know I didn't, and I know that I thought that, you know, I thought, you know, it's you know it's just weed, yeah. you're going to be okay. Um, weed is a plant. It's going to eventually be legalized. You know, it's inevitable. Um, and I never said that to him. And I, I just wonder if anybody did. And I wonder if, if somebody had, would he have not tried to go further down the rabbit hole? You know? Yeah. What, what did it do with, uh, your relationship with God after that? <sighs> I, I keep coming coming back to this, like, and I, I've had a lot of conversations with with people that have asked me, like, why do you believe in God and like um, and things, and I, it's like, it's my knee jerk reaction. Mm-hmm. When I'm broken, there's nothing that's there of me. I'm just in my broken state. I mean, it's all I always turn to God, like every time. And uh, Donald Miller explains it in his um his book blue like jazz somebody asked him about faith and he said his answer is penguin sex um he said penguins like they yeah they 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 know like nobody tells them what to do they they find a mate and the men stay with the eggs and the women go out and they find food and they come back and they know exactly who like they know exactly which penguin and which kid is theirs. And as soon as the mom gets back, the the egg hatches, like not a day before, not a day after. As soon as that egg hears the mom's voice, they hatch. Like they just know nobody told them. They just know it's in their core. It's in their existence. And that's kind of the only way that I know how to explain it is when there's nothing but instinct. That's my instinct. That's my knee jerk. Yep. So it's in those moments that I have had no choice, but to trust God. And cause I didn't trust God for a long time. I was afraid. Like that's w- one of the a huge contributing thing to my anxiety is worrying. And what if this happened? Or what if that happened? And trusting God has really helped that. But to get to the point where I do trust God, I've, I've had to, you know, experience things. Yeah. Um, not to say that all this was for me. It's not, it's just what I've taken from it. Yeah. And it was for, I mean, who you know that's my biggest uh the you know i want a lot of things out of it but the biggest thing i hope we get to do when we get to heaven is just that q and a session where i can be like okay so just what was that about and like what happened because (laughs) of that um yeah but i mean but i mean you're right i mean it's just i mean there's so there's so much to that that has meaning i mean and you're right. And I, I just wanted to ask, like, I mean, was God there for you when in that moment when you knee jerk reached out to him in that moment? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, yeah. I, you know, I feel like Kendall heard every word, um, especially once I got there. And in all likelihood, Kendall was already where he was going, you know, yeah. um, me having that conversation with God, hoping that he would let Kendall hear me is a lot different um, knowing that 
or, or believing that Kendall was probably there with him, you know, already. Um, yeah. So it really like it, it did. And, um, it, it's a shame that it's taken things like that to kind of jerk me back into, to perspective, but it kind of does like, that's kind of the way life works and belief. Yeah. It's like one day you're, yeah, it's like, I'm real concerned about being a group lead and you know, and then yeah. it's like, Oh yeah, there's some uh-huh. actual stuff going on. There's some, actual <laughs> but the stuff. thing with that is though, that yeah. when you say that is I stayed focused. Kendall, Kendall passed away that Sunday. I did not allow myself to mourn. I did yeah. not allow myself because I knew I had to go to work the next day. I had just got that position, that, that promotion. And so I go to work and say nothing about it, but I went to HR and I said, um, just wanted to ask, I don't know how bereavement works, but my brother passed away uh, yesterday. I said he was 20 and she said, oh my God, you shouldn't be here. And I was like, well, I didn't know how bereavement worked. So I just wanted to make sure everything was cool. And so I, I worked the rest of that night. And then as soon as I clocked out, I went out of my truck and I allowed myself to break. Yeah. But I still had that compartmentalization i still do that today um that's kind of what led me to post what i posted um and i I got this tattoo it's an alligator kendall was a huge florida gators fan and i'm not but uh (laughs) listen you just yeah (laughs) you just made john's day our other other co-host and you just made my worst enemy list you no i I don't, and I always gave him a hard time about you it. Mother- I'm like, you, yeah. you are a Florida Gators fan in Tennessee. What's wrong with you? And uh, I, um, I did not want the logo. It's not the logo. I know you can't it's not, see it very well, but it is an alligator. <laughs> it yeah. it, uh, it reminds me of him, but it was that Sunday, and it, it was the first was on a Monday, and I remembered that the next day was one year. And I couldn't remember the last time I thought about him because I've been so focused. I'm at a new job now. I'm a welder. I'm, you know, I've been trying to learn my trade and um, so focused on things. I've been focused on music and different things. And I couldn't remember the last time I thought about him. So I was like, I got to get, I got to get a tattoo yeah. something so that every time I see it, I will think about him. And anytime somebody asks me, what's that alligator about? I can talk about him, you know? Yeah. So you were, You've been so focused on welding machinery that you forgot to weld your heart. <laughs> That's my next tattoo. <laughs> you gotta weld your heart. A welded heart right on my chest. <laughs> there you go. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, that's there's man. Oh, that's thank you, thank you for sharing that, man. All that's. It's very, it's weird. Uh, so much, yeah. Life is insane, and we will never really understand what's going on. Because I, I've been in two comas, and I, I often, and that's part of why I'm in. I mean, it's a huge part of why I'm in the field I'm in. Why I help people. Why I do this podcast. A lot yeah. of this stuff is because, like, why didn't? Why was I given another chance? And then. Uh, I don't want to get up there and find out that like I wasted it, you know? Yeah. And it's, I don't know. Yeah. It's, I feel you. Yeah. Yeah. Hard things to vocalize. So question about that, about coma. I've never been in a coma. Yeah. 
Did you have any kind of interesting experiences when you were under? So was it kind of like being asleep. Yeah. So my coma experience. Um, one, I don't. I I had actually completely forgotten about it. I didn't even. I I. I for the long, for like the last six years, I've been like, yeah, hey, I was only in one coma. And then my buddy Dirty Mike was like, no, you idiot, you've been in two. And I was like, oh, holy shit, I forgot <laughs> about that one. So one, I, I don't remember at all. Uh, the serious one, which I was in for four days, I remember um, black, warm, comfortable, nothing. Yeah. And then what the... The supernatural, I don't know, whatever you want to call it. How I how I came out of it was yeah. um, they had a priest praying over people in the coma ward or in the ICU. Mm-hmm. And as he was praying over me was when I came out of my coma. And I think I scared wow. the shit out of him. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just remember... and. So the the details that I'm unclear about and nobody can <laughs> nobody's been able to tell me but I remember seeing three people I remember seeing him and two women on one on either side of him um and I think I saw like his collar so I think my brain um made the link and I thought I was in heaven I thought I had died and I thought I was waking I up you. in heaven and so I just started crying like crying and i had written the next day i'd written a journal online which i just found and in that journal i quoted that the pastor said god's not done with you you've been given a second chance um so i don't know you know i'm saying i don't know if i don't know exactly what happened this is what i i do like the facts there was a pastor he did pray over me that is when i woke up I don't yeah. know if there were two other figures there, if there were nurses or if, or whatever that was. Yeah. Um, but it was a pretty, that's, that's really cool. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, so it was intense. Cause I, I've had a whole lot of, cause I, I've I always asked that question because my mom was in a coma when she was, ah, uh, she was young. I can't remember. Like, I don't know what, how would she said she was, but she had Rice syndrome and uh it was from like she'd taken too many aspirins or something i'm not sure the details but she was in a coma and when she came out she said she was it was like she was in a white room and there was a door and she saw the door and she went to the door she looked through the window of the door and her mom was there and like her brother and sister and the doctor and stuff and they were praying and she said she kept trying to get through the door but she couldn't, she kept trying and trying. And finally she was able to get through the door and that's when she woke up and just with, with Kendall passing and he was in a coma for so long, he woke up that one day and I I didn't get, I didn't go see him, but they said he was in the best mood and he kept telling his mom, everything's going to be all right. Everything's going to be all right. And it, I really, I really have to believe or, or I hope that, He'd already had some conversations with God in that, you know, in that first coma before he woke up, and he I, knew that whether he come out of it or not, that everything was going to be fine. Yeah, and uh, that dude, that's why I cannot, you know, and this is personal. This is like my experience, but it just the people that just just shit on supernatural stuff. It's like, yeah, dude, I, I have been in 
and this is just me talking to you and sharing personal to give you some hope. Like my experiences with, and I have like been, I think that when your bodies are put in extreme situation, you know, I've been like in the in between or whatever. Like I've been mm-hmm. dead and like, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. Yeah, there is absolutely, not even a shadow of a doubt in my mind of like yeah. afterlife and supernatural and that all of this is just absolutely real. Like yeah. not even a, 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 a I, that's why it's just like, have you, the people that say that it's just like, have you, you just, you know, one day you may encounter something that will absolutely change your mind. It's just what yeah. I say to that. So I, th- I think everybody has that experience. I, I don't know. I know it's a, that's a far fetched belief, but not that specific experience, but I think we all at some point will have a moment where it's like an undeniable presence or an undeniable experience of the supernatural. And we kind of make a choice if we're going to just rationalize it or if we're going to accept it, you know? Yeah. That's in it. That's, I think that's the, uh, the biggest or one of the biggest tragedies of like Western culture is just the suppression of uh, spirituality and like relying mm-hmm. on our own knowledge. And then I think that's why a lot of people are turning to uh, psychedelics, um, you know, to have these like, yeah, which you'll definitely have a spiritual experience, whether or not it is good <laughs> is yet to be seen. Um, definitely. I, th- I honestly think if, uh, once if weed becomes, because if drugs are like spiritual, I would say alcohol is like the anti-spirituality drug. Yeah. It just completely just makes you physical and brings you down to earth and just, yep. uh, but if weed gets legalized, this is my, my prediction for the future. I think we're going to see a resurgence in like spirituality. I think we're going to get a bunch of real kooky shit out there too <laughs> i really do but i think also like at i don't least, doubt it i don't doubt it at all yeah it's gonna be like you know there is a god and it's 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 my cactus you know or, <laughs> you know it's true um but at least maybe we'll start going back in the other direction um, it's it's funny um dmt <laughs> so i had uh there, there's a song sturgill simpson he's one of my musical mm-hmm. heroes love sturgill turtles all the way down the song it, there's a line in it. he says um i seen jesus play with flames and lake of fire i was standing in um met the devil in seattle spent nine months inside the lion's den um i can't like there's another line and then it's, he says um but i swear that god is there every time i look into the eyes of my best friend um there's a um Mike Posner, he does a spoken word on stage and he says, I believe in God. I don't can't tell you why, but I don't believe he's an old man sitting on the sky, but rather a twinkle in an iris. Like he references, references it like that. And I was at work um, where I worked before I was a group lead. And one of my one of my contributors comes up and he was talking about it. and He's asking if I believe in God and stuff. And he's like, I believe in God. But he said, I, a lot of people wouldn't believe me, but I, I met him when I was on DMT. <laughs> and uh, he said something along the lines of like something to do with with looking in somebody's eyes or something. I'm like, that's oh, too wow. similar. Like, so, yeah. I don't know. That's weird. But uh, Sturgill said in an interview that he was on DMT when he wrote Turtles All dude, the Way Down. Well, dude, well, this is this is kind of. I mean, I like this direction, but I especially with so I got really obsessed with. 
eyes and uh really and like light and yeah in my drug use or whatever and especially with psychedelics and with meth any drug that would dilate my pupils because i have brown eyes so they would really they would just turn uh, black i call them like shark eyes um, yeah and it's like i would just stare at myself in the mirror and it was like you know with especially with meth there was and so many people so many of my friends uh once they're off of it though and they they started out atheist or whatever and then i talked to them a year later and they're sober and they're like oh yeah i believe in god and i'm like oh why and they're like because i saw the devil and i was like oh okay yeah, <laughs> yeah. So there's there's like i absolutely believe there's like a some meth is some evil 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 stuff uh yeah. and i think there's like specific evil attached to it um mm. yeah but i was trying to work on like with tripping and uh i was always trying to string together some theory about if like satan is the angel of light and like our pupils dilate and constrict when light's coming into them or something something along wow. those lines yeah i never really fleshed it out but it, <laughs> you, you kind of get what i'm dancing that's around interesting like, yeah. yeah and see like when you said that about meth um my meth goes pretty deep in my dad's side of the family so my dad wasn't the only one that was messing with some meth. It's a family thing. It, it, it's a family curse. My uncle um, was, I, and I remember some of this, um, but he would get really, really high on meth, and like he would wear this trench coat, and like he would, he'd, he thought he was the devil. And I remember like he, my dad was going to go over to his house, and and uh, I don't remember this. My mom told me about this. Um, I guess my dad was going to go over to his house and mom didn't want him to go. And they were married at the time. And my uncle shows up and he was out in the yard standing there with his trench coat and everything. And when dad was leaving, he was like, he's mine now. You'll never get him back. Like creepy stuff. It is. Yeah. And, um, like I've definitely, we, we came back from taking one of my cousins to church. Me and my mom did. And when I was really young, but I remember coming back and there was cops all over my uncle's front yard. There was like four or five cop cars out there. They all had their guns drawn and their doors open, you know, and he was out there with like an AK or something, uh, waving it up in the air. No shirt. Like, just like, oh yeah. whoa. <laughs> yeah. There's something about that's, that's how I, that's how I ended up going to something about meth and guns too. I started, well, allegedly. You know, if the courts are listening, yeah. I started selling. Guns. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't get it. It's it's we- and that's why and like and then I uh, I interviewed a dude that wrote a book about um, amphetamines and uh, the Nazis in World War Two. And I was like and how Hitler was on him. And I was like, yeah, it makes perfect. Like I can think of well, nothing, yeah. nothing uh, that a tweaker would rather do than be like, go conquer a nation with tanks and stuff like, yeah, that's well, a total tweaker thing to do. But. Yeah, and there's interesting stuff about too. Yeah, it's drugs, man. Drugs and their influence that people just don't realize, <laughs> yeah. and especially how many people are on Adderall. And it, it's just it always amazes me that people don't understand that that their personality is being changed by a chemical they're taking, and they just assume that that's just them. And like I yeah. naturally do these things. It's like no, no, I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. But my my friend. My, uh, Brad, who I've had on here too, he would, he, when you said put on a trench coat, it reminded me he, he had this thrift store suit and he would get 
tweaked out and he put on this suit and he would like morph into this like preacher character where like not but like it was like it's just so interesting how like satan or the devil or whatever will just take good things and just twist them but he was convinced that like he you know knew the truth like he would like read the bible be high on meth in this suit and just like preach this just like off the wall stuff and i'm just like man yeah it's like a it's like the devil's trying to make it to where he discredits him eventually he like you know right right you're, you're, that's what i would think of it you're yeah. buds with him huh brad no the devil oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, the same thing right same thing uh... i hope he hears this brad brad the devil. yeah Brad's doing good. Brad needs our our prayers. He's he had like massive oral surgery, so everybody uh he's really? in a lot of pain. Yeah, dude, for real, Brad's awesome. He is. We his video Brad. his video cracks me up. <laughs> that one, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, oh, join yeah. the join the um, Church Patreon. of Drugs Patreon to find out for sure the uh, history between Brad and I. Well, Two videos. Um... <laughs> Well, Tyler, we're, we're going to wrap this up. I thank you. I want to play one of your songs on the outro, too, so send me one of those. Oh, cool, cool. Or That'd let me awesome. know which, which one to do. Um, but thank you, buddy, and we'll, we'll talk soon. I heard you call from across the hall in a wedding picture on the bedroom wall. It's a crying shame you had to see me fall again. Hey, hey, look at your face I can't sleep cause I'm wide awake I was sure those happy days would never end to heaven I can change my ways we got vices but they ain't the same and you take the dog and I'll take the blame Sleeping without you All these nights I'm dreaming about you Yeah, all these nights are sleepless without you Cause all these nights I'm thinking about you